0: As much as I like to fight everyone, I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you mad? Okay. Alright, we're starting. Hello, what's up, Lisa? Hi,
1: Jake. How's it going?
0: Good, good. I had my show last night, and I
1: heard it was awesome. I couldn't go because I was doing another podcast, like a fucking horror that was betraying you. But uh, <laughs> how was it? I mean, I heard it was great. I know several people that went, and they had a good time, and everybody was funny. How did you enjoy it, being the host and producer and such?
0: Um, it was great. Uh, I've been having a really good time running this show, and like, yeah. it's just interesting because I'm doing it kind of as a experiment with my own like being and self and brain and trying to figure out something about like uh what i like about doing comedy right and so like i guess what's interesting to me is that i threw i think i threw a pretty good show i think we all had really good sets everybody's really funny Brittany carney was like really really funny i kind of hadn't seen her do a set in a minute i mean i'd seen her enough to book her but i just was like um, very impressed with her and then like all these you know eric bergstrom and Otto fernandez all these people are really funny right um but what's i think what's funny to me about the energy of it is that i am not someone who is necessarily like you know sort of putting my show together and advertising the vibe is like you're gonna get you know connected and stuff here or whatever uh you're gonna you know there's gonna be industry in the audience and all this stuff it's like kind of very anti that so i think it Maybe I'm projecting, but I kind of feel like people come, they have a good time, and they're like, and now what? And I'm like, this is it. <laughs> like, we just hang out, <laughs> and it's just fun, I think, but I could be completely <sighs> wrong. I
1: mean, uh, obviously, I'm not a performer, so I don't know how they're feeling or how you're feeling, but I am really enjoying your show, When I've been there. I regretted that I couldn't be there, Kate, who listens to the show, like, I've you know, there were people who reached out like, oh, my God, are you going to be a meat space? And I was like, "Ah, I normally am at every meat space. But I had agreed to do another podcast last night, so I couldn't. And part of the reason that I do want to be there all the time, is not just like, oh, because it's my friend's show. But it's because it does have a vibe that I enjoy similar to uh, Cobra Club, right? Yeah. Whatever it's called, the uh, le- Last, last ship from the left no <laughs>
0: live from outer space uh,
1: live from outer space that's that's one yeah so uh what's awesome about live from outer space is that you know through the hosts are very cool people that i think we like and also hold things against individually <laughs> but you know we have real friendships with all of them and also the vibe at the show is like Very just like everybody who's there loves doing or watching comedy. Like there is nobody who's in the audience who's not really into watching comedy. And there's nobody who's performing on that show who's not really into doing comedy. And so it's like the most, I hate to say the buzzword, but authentic space in some ways that you can find in comedy. Because there's nobody there to network or to pretend or to achieve anything outside of what is achievable within this space which is for some of us laughing our ass off and for some of us feeling like you had a great set, you know, like, yeah, that's it. That's all there is to offer in that show. And that's fucking awesome. And that's everything. And I do think that that's where meat space is kind of going, where it's uh sort of has like an inside vibe and you're going to feel like an outsider because you don't really know all the people standing in the back in this like old school kind of hierarchy way. But it's also fucking real because it's like people hanging out with their friends. Well, and y- you could break through that art.
0: though. If you came yeah. and you don't know everyone, like I have this thing where I'm like, um, I'm trying to figure out why this is like, what's really going on here. But when I throw a show, i like i always piss off whoever i'm with like if i'm like on a date or something because yeah like, i mean if it's a date and it's my show it's like not Like i kind of have to tell people that when i'm dating them it's like i've been yeah. working you know like but i do this thing where i uh i feel very much like i have to go say hi to everyone and like make facetime
1: because
0: yeah um because i've had like i watch people you know i read the room and shit yeah. when i'm doing stand-up and like Sometimes, especially because I'm like pulling people directly from the internet and stuff, and it's not like a barked in thing. It's like, please come to this thing. I'm promising you it's going to be good. I'll notice people like come out and they're like, you know kind of agoraphobic and like nervous and they like sit by themselves and then like they'll if they leave i'm like fuck man like no i i should have gone and like said hello and but been like they probably
1: like, don't even want to talk to anybody <laughs> i don't know
0: man maybe maybe not but like i i just feel weird so i try to make sure that like if there's anyone experiencing that oh back of the room hierarchy like no, fuck that. Like, come hang out with us and stuff. Because- okay,
1: but that's how I am, too. So what I kind of, like, don't understand about the chaos that must go on in your head, Jake Flores, <laughs> is Ooh. that I already feel so much pressure, right? Like, when I produce a show, it could be the smallest little bar basement show, Yeah. right? And it very much just feels like you're throwing a birthday party for yourself. (laughs) And like, if nobody comes, then you're a loser Then nobody likes, Yeah, you know, and then it's embarrassing because then like the people that did come, you feel like they are now embarrassed because they came to your thing and other people didn't come (laughs) to, you know, like it's very, to me, it's very pressure filled and very personal, just producing it, just booking it. And so I cannot even imagine what it must be like to feel the pressure I feel and then also host it. And then also (laughs) have to think about making people laugh. (laughs) You know, like. I honestly don't know how you guys do it. And I think it's fucking pretty insane that you do this to yourselves.
0: <laughs> I think it's why I am the type of comic I am because like, I almost like yeah. thrive in bad situations like that. Cause I like, I'm kind You're of sick compelled <laughs> to like riff on stuff and shit. Yeah. So like I will notice that tension in a room and then like, it's kind of why on my show I host it. Cause I'm like, I'll go up, I'll fucking explain everything yeah. that's happening to everyone. Break the ice uh look stupid so that it fucking it's easier like I don't want to put like the bullet on somebody else in a situation that isn't isn't benefiting from like all the stuff that you get out of a comedy club like where it's implied that the you know everyone knows what they're doing and there's like an authority on this thing known as like stand-up comedy or whatever so like I just uh I, I used to when I was like you know first starting out I would go up late i would do the hard open mic on purpose there was like one that was kind of easy and one that everyone was like ah man the velveta room fuck that place and i'd just be like i don't know i want to fight it you know so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i mean i think that just sort of is why it got built organically that way as a like product of the way i think about comedy or whatever and like yeah it's pretty cool like i'm having a good time with it I kind of started doing it just to a couple of reasons. Like one was um you know just have stage time and a spot trade and stuff. But another thing was like very open ended like um I've been thinking a lot about like this thing uh creativity as a garden uh is like a th- thing I've been thinking about a lot. I just talked about this on um Library Smaz, those people their show.
1: Library punks,
0: yeah. Yeah, library punks, yeah. Um so there's this thing in, like, writing, in, like, fiction writing, where there's two methods of, uh, of like, arcing a story, basically. I can't remember what the first one's called, but the first one is basically, like, you come up with the ending, and you work, your, you work toward it, and you have the entire story in mind while you're writing, which is fine. Makes all sorts of interesting, you know, really intricate plot sort of driven stories and then the other one is a garden which is like um what george r r martin said is how he wrote which is that he just like kind of comes up with like a character and then he just like winds it up and then just sees where it goes and they all interact with each other and all this stuff and that's totally how my mind works so like i kind of am just seeing where this is going and i it's it's weird though because it has to fit into the interconnected world of comedy like on some level because you can't part of the reason comedy is so fucked up is because you can't be an island at all in it and you have to work with everyone else which i think is also like why i was calling it like a multi-level marketing scheme and stuff and saying that there's all these reasons that people are cowardly in it and stuff yeah you know a couple weeks ago but like um for better or worse that's just like a reality of it so like i'm sort of doing this and just like uh I almost feel like I know that we're, we do the rhizome thing too hard on this show, and we're like, everything's about stand up comedy, everything's about relationships, everything's about Everything. the nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's I was, not
1: too hard, it's appropriately hard. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I was
0: thinking about like how, um, when you are like talking about a relationship with someone and you're like, we're not doing the escalator thing, you just go like, what you know? What do we talk? What are the? What is the conversation you have when you're like, this is just happening, right? We're just both yeah. like, look at this. This is just happening. That's the end of the conversation. That's how I feel about my yeah. show. Where I'm like, uh, we're I mean, just
1: this, all really into it right now. In the yeah, moment.
0: yeah, yeah. It's like purely like existential or something. And like this is very much a different mindset than I think uh, I was like, in can when I, tell I you? first debuted what or whatever.
1: Like that's what all the great, really great shows were. That's what art is just about the moment and the fact that the comics enjoy being there and performing there and the audience enjoys seeing like an insight into something that they don't get through Comedy Central or Netflix or through anything else. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really cool. And if you have access to that, if you live in New York City or LA or somewhere where you can go see comics do these weird shows where they... I don't know, put up their friends and talk about it the way that Jake is talking about this show right now. It's fucking so worth it, man, because you are uh, directly accessing, I guess, these artists and their art without the mediation of some fucking network gatekeeper or some critic telling you what you should or shouldn't pay attention
0: to. You know what's funny? Uh, In comparison, I did another show last week uh, that was a good show. It's uh, Bitches Brew. Run by, Mm -hmm. uh, Naomi Caravani and a bunch of other people. Yeah. And, um, it was cool, but it was just like kind of a different beast. And something that was kind of like funny to me while I was doing it is that it was so well sold that like you couldn't be in the room while you were getting ready to go. Yeah, you had to stand
1: outside. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And like, so I was like, oh, I literally can't watch the other people on this show. Yeah. And, uh, And I was kind of like, ah, this feels more like work. And it was like work, because I got paid. Like, they pay and stuff. It was like, you know, great. It was a great show. But I was like.
1: But you're not part of the whole thing like you're not yeah
0: nothing against it i'm not trying to compare it no, like, no oh, mine's no, not better all but i was thing. just like this no. is interesting how it's different we're
1: actually saying it sounds like it's at a club level kind of show yeah kind of right? something like that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah also there was somebody who i thought was going to kill me from this podcast i
1: mean i wasn't going to ask you about it on, <laughs> on the show but how did that go no, Give me in code nothing code word. everything was fine you obviously didn't get punched
0: or anything <laughs> nothing happened neither of us no made eye contact okay. or talked to each other Cool.
1: that's good we're
0: standing right next to each other the whole time <laughs>
1: Oh, it, you're both nice boys well because we're
0: because <laughs> you have to be in the little side room because you can't yeah the totally room. you have to
1: wait until you have to go up yeah
0: yeah uh, i don't know uh
1: well, I'm glad that nothing went out of hand because you're both nice boys. Uh, yeah, I think
0: he's a nice guy. I mean, I understand he's yeah. in a weird situation, but, you know, I think I explained my part of that situation on the show. And so who
1: amongst I'm us does not, not right love somebody who is hated by everyone else? <laughs> no, I, mean, <laughs> I actually haven't. I'm just kidding.
0: But <laughs>
1: no, just kidding, Andy. I love you. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so besides that, what else has been going on, Jake? <laughs>
0: Well, I got movies on the brain pretty hard.
1: Movies. Oh, okay. So maybe I should go first then. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I do have a Sopranos thing to throw at you. Maybe later if we can work it in. But it's a very brief artist Sopranos thing. But actually, uh, there's an email that I want to read to you. uh, That is one of our listeners wrote us an email. And I know that normally we read our emails during the mailbags, which are part of our Patreon episodes for people who follow the Patreons. We do get really good emails from people all the time. So this isn't like a, oh, this is a one-time good email. But this is one where I kind of want to call myself out, right? Where um, even before I read it to you, I want to tell you like, uh, so this is about the Marxist feminist, like radical feminism stuff, right? And even when I read... When you posted the episode, Jake, like when I read in the description that you mentioned Ty Lee specifically, I was like, ah, like I felt bad about it because my intent was not to be like defending Ty. Uh You get me? I don't know enough about what Ty does with her life. I just know I've heard her a couple of times on things and I don't disagree with her ideas. Yeah, sure. Period. And I felt like that's all that I said on the show. Uh Uh-huh. But I do understand that what I was saying was like I was reacting to the fact that there were people knee jerk reaction being mad at Rev left for having her on. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is we've had uh, or I I should say I've had a lot of responses to that episode, but I've only had one. It's not even negative, but it's like constructive feedback about about like more on Ty's background. Right. Uh And. I think it's worth reading it on the show, the main show, just because if it seemed to anyone, like what I was saying was like, oh, you should listen to this person. Um, then this is a perfect example of like why you should never idolize anyone and how you should always like reassess the information that you have, like add new information to things and have your ideas. Right. Okay. Because in my opinion, I was never saying to anybody you should listen to everything that Ty Lee says. I was just saying that the things that I heard her say in this episode, I believe in, and I think their are ideas worth thinking about as leftists, right? Yeah. And then somebody who listens to the show wrote to us to clarify what they know more about Ty Lee and her associations and like, um, I guess, actual organizations and on the ground work, right? Uh-huh. And it's not all positive. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) So I want to read it because it's like more than fair to point out where good ideology can be um, co-opted for bad purposes. Yeah. Right. Because I think especially in comedy, it happens a lot. In comedy, things like free speech and all this stuff are like co-opted for uh, uh, glad-handing to fascists, I guess. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. So it happens to us, too, is what I'm saying. I don't think that we are immune from this thing. So anyway, point is, this person, let me scroll down to their signature. They did sign as redacted, so they do not want to be identified. But they wrote, uh, uh, the email is called um, Abolition by Cop, the effective deceptive rhetoric of a firm NGO abolitionists. Okay? OK. Hey, Luisa and Jake, just listening to the latest pod, and I'm mad. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> as soon as Luisa brought up the controversial left take on sex work, I was ninety nine percent sure it was going to relate to this organization, and sure enough, it does. Ty Lee is an organizer with an NGO called Affirm, firm. And here I want to pause and say, almost all NGOs are bad. Oh, yeah,, okay? absolutely. Yeah. So, really, I am never, ever telling you to agree with any NGO. Please don't ever read anything into that in that sense. But anyway, I had never heard of this this Affirm NGO,
0: Jake. Well, there's like a million holy of shit. these is the thing.
1: Yeah, dude, but I'm so glad that this person wrote in to tell us because this is fucking really important to know, right? So, yeah. this place is called Affirm and it is spelled A-F, the number three, I-R-M, okay? It's an interesting organization, This person continues their position is 99% dead on the money. All the stuff you point out about the majority of sex workers being survival sex workers, about the necessity of abolishing patriarchy and capitalism and about the ultimate goal of abolishing sexual commodification and exploitation of all workers and all people. And therefore sex as work, as we understand it, they support sex worker exit programs and they say they oppose police and judicial violence and oppression of sex workers they probably actually even believe that. So to be clear, I agree with all of the things previously said, and I do believe that, (laughs) right? But here's the thing. This is what this uh, listener says. They're an organization that has popped popped up in recent years at the same time as an international sex worker power and self-advocacy movement became organized and begun to make big gains in public consciousness and score some political victories. This is a multi-tendency movement that includes libertarians, liberals, anarchists, trade unionists, and or communists. Most probably workers or people for whom the struggle has affected them or their loved ones. So the movement is not a monolith. Like all big movements, it has some huge contradictions. But it has coalesced, at least in the U.S., around a demand for decriminalization of sex work. Sex workers should not be subjected to police or judicial violence, coercion, repression, or repression of their work, which I think both you and I agree with, right? Yeah. This is importantly distinct from legalization, which advocates—oh, sorry—which advocates say would quickly see a narrow legal avenue for sex work to be monopolized, as in Nevada, and would mean that independent workers would probably remain criminalized, right? Okay, you get that part? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the decriminalization demand all, also almost always comes with the demand for decriminalization of customers, clients, johns. Why is this important? There are a few important arguments, but let me touch on the big one. To police and pris- and prison abolitionists, feeding human beings into the violence of the racist capitalist carceral machine is the thing we're supposed to, supposed to be trying to stop, right? Yeah. Right, so that's why you shouldn't be pro uh, sex work legislation that uh, targets John's
0: either. Right. It's and there's like a model for this in like a Nordic yeah. company that like does not, our country that like does not work. It's bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not about, <clears throat> sorry, placing the blame on one side or the other of the sex trade. It's that sex trade shouldn't be a thing. But as long as we exist under capitalism, we shouldn't be denying the rights and protections of workers to people who work in the sex industry.
0: Yeah. I can't remember the exact examples of this, but there's also just functional ways in which, like, it just also comes around to bite everyone in the ass that it shouldn't yeah. if you set up a, a, you know, situation to where, like, um, I, I, like, it just, it results in, like, the wrong people going to jail. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's interesting... Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, this. nobody should be going to jail because that's the whole point. It's like, you shouldn't be criminalizing anybody... Anybody's sexual activity, even if they're commodifying it, right? Even if you believe that sexual sexual activity shouldn't be commodified, you should not agree that the way to stop it is to criminalize one side or the other and therefore make them part of the fodder into the jail
0: system. I can't remember. And I get, I've read like a lot of Melissa Gira Grant who like writes about this shit. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I want to say it's like something where it's like, well, then the sex worker becomes like a cop or liable to the cops yeah. or something like that, which exactly. is just also fucking bad. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think this is this person's and the point of this person's email is that I guess Ty Lee, who I didn't know enough about, even though her ideas are a lot of ideas that I agree with in reality, she is, uh, working towards and with organizations that are criminalizing some aspects of sex work. Yeah. In their effort to eliminate sex work and the com- commodification of sex, and while I agree with that ultimate ideal, uh the means is not always an excuse for the way that you get there. What's the fucking saying? The ends doesn't <laughs> justify
0: the-, the means. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly, and whatever. So the I might agree with the ends, but the. I don't agree with the means, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Mm, So this person continues. So a firm will not bring this up unless they're forced to confront it. And then they will employ one of a handful of unsatisfactory but well-practiced rhetorical moves like buying sex is always rape. You're a Western chauvinist who doesn't care about the massive human tragedy of sexual exploitation internationally. This man wants to protect his free access to sexual supremacy. This privileged cis white OnlyFans cam girl has the audacity to speak for black and brown trans femme street sex workers, etc. Those are effective misdirections because each has its own valid and important but not directly relevant kernel of truth. Plus, each traps into an emotionally powerful, perfect for Twitter pre existent argument. These are extremely effective arguments effective argument derailers on twitter most of these affirm accounts have a diehard collection of groupies that will dogpile anyone who speaks up to say for example wait you're saying we shouldn't we should support laws that lock people up who try to pay for sex from a consenting adult
0: yeah no that happens well, to me all the time <laughs> that yeah happened to me when i was tweeting about euphoria those people don't yeah. just come out of nowhere they're like you know it's a thing it's like an organized yeah. fucking thing
1: and i absolutely want to be clear that i don't think that that's good or right when you i i do think it's absolutely both ethical and normal and okay and should not be penalized for two consenting adults to uh enter into any transaction of any kind <laughs> whether it's fucking i don't know child care for money or sex for money or fucking anything for money that's up to you to do it and nobody should be criminalized for it um and i think that's the point of what this person is saying so uh, the other examples they give is or when somebody says what do you think the race class distribution of the Johns the cops will actually arrest will look like under your approach and call good. them a rapist apologist or whatever until they're silenced
0: good point a lot yeah. of this stuff is like functionally, like it's very clever because the people kind of have an actual yeah. agenda, but they dress up what they're doing in language that sounds very like woke and liberal when actually it's ideologically conservative in that it is like reifying of the fucking white patriarchy thing. And like, yeah. a good example of this is like, um, you know, I fucking, one of my first big things I ever did is I went on fucking Chapo and talked about yeah. this, uh, after I talked about ice because, you know, what what happened, what i figured out about ice and sex work and stuff like that was that uh when i talked to the when i talked to homeland security when they came to my apartment i asked them like what is the point of ice like straight from the horse's yeah. mouth tell me and their big thing was they were like oh we fight human trafficking and i looked at all their fucking websites and shit and that's what they use to justify what ice does but we all know yeah. ice's purpose is something else. It's totally functionally about, you know, antagonizing immigrants and keeping this fucking surplus population out of the United States and all this stuff. It's racist, but it uses the language of fighting human trafficking. And also, especially like partners with a lot of these NGOs that, they, their thing is making like scary, you know, dramaticizations and movies and stuff about like the seedy world of human trafficking to scare liberals into thinking that brown people are coming to take your white daughters and fucking bring them into and
1: force them into sex work. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so functionally, you have this thing where you go, wow these people sound like liberals at first glance, you know, or even leftists or something like that a lot of the time. But actually the project, even the people involved in this might not even fully understand it, but the project is ultimately one of white supremacy and patriarchy. And you see this all the time because like, um the so sesta fosta is a bill that was going on a couple years ago when i was talking about this and it's it's, you know it was really bad it it got a bunch of sex workers killed and thrown in jail and stuff like that and uh they got all these stupid rich white celebrities to endorse it like amy schumer and seth meyers and all these people who i think we could probably understand at least don't think of themselves as being conservatives. They probably think of themselves as liberals and,
1: and liberals. Amy Schumer is sure. a
0: big feminist figure or whatever, you know, yeah. as brand. So like, that's, what's going on with a lot of stuff. And that's why when you were talking about this on that episode, I kind of felt the need to go. I, I understand why people have a hair trigger about this sort of stuff because so much of the messaging that is attacking them is designed to look like and it, It's uh, actually protecting sex workers and to Absolutely. get people to rally behind it. You know?
1: Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to read this email is because I think that you're correct in what you're saying right now. And the person who is writing to us is correct. And so I I think it's important for me to clarify that, Oof, not to be shitty to anyone, but I was speaking, I guess, to an in-group of progressive people who I think would already be at the place where you and the person writing this email are. Mm -hmm. You get me? Sure. I'm really not speaking to the people like the amy schumers of the world who are like a reactionary sort of just going off of something without really thinking about how it affects people materially right yeah and that's why like i have never been a sesta FOSTA" person or whatever because i understand that there is a material reality to sex workers lives that if you are pro anything that puts them in jeopardy that puts them more likely to be in jail or to have their lives ruined or their children taken away or anything like that you are a bad person like that's not you should not be pro that towards any kind of worker
0: Right. Yeah, sure. But I think people that like the reason those programs were like the, yeah. those bills passed and those programs work so well is because they mislead people into thinking that they do the opposite of that because they're all couched yeah. in the language of like we are protecting these women. Well, what's ironic about it is that they don't like like when when these fucking people on Twitter that this person is talking about dogpile on me, they're yeah. like, this person likes human trafficking or whatever. They say that that that's what I'm saying. And it's like, no, actually. I think I hate it most of all because I've actually figured yeah. out that these fucking programs su- actually support human trafficking because yeah. what the, the thing that's going on with ICE and with SESTA-FOSTA is that they, they both, you know, they tell you, like, we are against this human trafficking spe- specter or whatever. They get you to vote for them, yeah. and then functionally what they do is turn, like, like, they turn the, the sex worker or the immigrant into a human trafficker and then arrest them for it. So like, if, exactly. if you're a yeah. sex worker and you drive yourself across state lines, you can get arrested for human trafficking yourself yeah. and stuff like that. And nobody gets, it's a big fucking trick or whatever. So, uh, I lost my train.
1: Or, or that it is a, uh, it is a big fucking trick. Even the other direction where, uh, Through claiming that they're trying to stop something like human trafficking, they can also erode the rights of any other person immigrating because... Under the guise of we're trying to stop human trafficking, we can violate all your rights.
0: Right. And the important part about this is also that it creates a black market that then creates yeah. human trafficking, which is yeah. like what you that, that's what happens when you prohibit stuff like this. Exactly. And the other thing I wanted to say about this is like, you know, you just made a, a qualification about this and said, you know, why? Well, when I was saying this on the episode, I was talking to a group of people. Well, here's where things get really complicated when you're talking yeah. on the Internet is uh, you don't get to really control. You don't, you don't get to control who's hearing it. Absolutely
1: absolutely but i do get to qualify that uh i guess the way that you were all hearing it is not intended for all of you You get me
0: yeah because well, qualifying your intentions is good it solves that yeah problem.
1: that's all i'm qualifying i don't i cannot deny anybody their reaction to what i had to say from their point of view and all no you all have the right to have whatever reaction to, to what you have to say what i was specifically trying to talk to I guess, was the um, very progressive people in my world, okay? The Uh people that I think of as very leftist and very progressive and very open-minded, I am seeing very often stopping at the point where they're like, yay, sex work is fantastic and liberating and it's everything, and I do not think that that is the end point. It is a stepping stone, I guess, towards how all workers need to be liberated under capitalism and therefore we need to protect them until such time as they're liberated. But the fact, uh, like if you believe that being a sex worker is in and of itself liberating, you are talking about some girl boss shit about being like secretary of state and fucking, you know, fucking kamala harris kind of shit where you're like yeah sure it's empowering to you personally it is not empowering to our whole class (laughs) or to our whole system or to it doesn't actually liberate anybody but you individually and that doesn't mean that it's bad or that anybody should be criminalized but anyway i don't want to make it about my opinions let's talk about this person's email let's go back to it because we haven't finished it's a long and good one uh so uh, okay, so they said the thing about the famous cam girl, blah, 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 blah. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's a disgusting and dishonest move, but a firm NGO organizers appear to be steadfastly dedicated to their opposition to decriminalization, right? Which you and I, we're not a- opposed to decriminalization. And that's what I want to be clear on.
0: Yeah. D- we d- are you, not. You talk to any actual sex worker, the, the party line is decrim. Like, that yeah, from- of course,
1: we and we I want to be clear that we agree with that. And I didn't know that Ty Lee specifically was against it. Nothing I've heard her say is against it. But I guess she's part of an, an NGO or works for an NGO that is vocally against it. Right? Yeah. So uh, NGO, a firm NGO or organizers appear to be steadfastly dedicated to their opposition to decriminalization, even while they tout harm reduction and may indeed do some good work regarding sex work support services. So the trick they play is this. We need to abolish sex work because all sex work is exploitation under capitalism, and sexual relations under patriarchy are inherently exploitive, and we need to ab- abolish patriarchy. This is basically exactly what Louisa says agreeing with them. And you're totally right, Louisa. <laughs> From a communist abolished class society and all systems of oppression perspective, that is totally correct. But how do you get there? Do you get there by decriminalizing sex work, decriminalizing drug dealers, dismantling the prison industrial complex, abolishing cops? Or do you get there by siding with the cops to shore up their justifications for arresting disproportionately black and brown and working class men while taking grocery and rent money out of the pockets of struggling workers? Right. So that's what I think is essential to discuss. Totally. There's a lot of angles to this issue, but affirms firm's take is like a slice of pizza topped with dog shit. <laughs> it's mostly perfect, but you got to throw the whole thing out. Okay, so I really love this person. They said, keep rocking, redacted. They don't want their name said. Uh, but I love, I disagree with their ending because the idea that a firm's take is a slice of pizza topped with dog shit. So it's mostly perfect. So you've got to throw the whole thing out. I would actually disagree and say that a firm is the dog shit. And so what I am supporting is like, take the slice of pizza before the dog shit gets put on it. <laughs> and like, you don't need to deal with this part of it because I absolutely agree with what they're saying before this, which is the way that you get to dismantling and abolishing class and all of the systems of oppression of capitalism is not through citing, through with cops and criminalizing workers and the people who purchase their services and shit. It's about criminalizing the people above who actually oppress everyone. Yeah. Then I do think that this person inherently agrees with me and what I was saying on the previous episode, they just don't agree with the fact that there are organizations and people out there who are using these ideas to then turn around and criminalize sex workers. And I agree with that part. That's not at all what I was trying to say. So I, I don't know. What do you think? I, that's why I thought it was important to talk about this because I, in no way was I trying to say like, that you should follow some particular organization or believe what some person says. I was just trying to push you and your thinking beyond like it's empowering to be the boss girl.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know. This is such a complicated issue. I mean, so another part of this is like the reason it's decrim and not legalization. I can't remember if we've already talked about this in this conversation. I don't think so. Yeah. The reason legalization is also bad is because legalization also puts the power in the hands of the cop it's just the cop totally. is the boss in the sense that cops enforce the capitalist agenda right yeah. so
1: they get to decide what's legal
0: right? yeah i mean once yeah. uh sex work you know is legalized and turns into a thing where you suddenly have like a boss who's in charge of your sexuality that is also really bad right because yeah. then you're being exploited and then it you know really uh it's a lot less elective than it, it can be in all these situations. So, yeah. you know, interestingly, it kind of has to live in that specific space for, like, think the time being is the agreed upon line from like uh, sex work. You know, organizations like Swap. I can't remember what that stands for. It's S O W P. Is like a really a popular one, and uh, I don't know. I've. Friends in the community. So I've sort of gotten some literature on this and I try to repeat it correctly when I can, but like also this stuff's really dicey. And like you can accidentally like endorse someone who is a, a cop at any given totally. point or is yeah. part of a fucking thing that has an agenda like this. So, yeah. you know, take everything that we're saying with like a grain of salt to your own research and stuff like that. And most of all, always just listen to like sex workers, like actual ones, yeah. not cops posing as them, which is a thing. Totally. It's hard to do. So like. Yeah, I mean, that's which is
1: hard to do also because the uh, I didn't, you know, I will stand by the fact that, like, you know, as online people, you really aren't hearing most like street survival sex workers, you are hearing online sex workers, and they are a different class and a different type of people going through a different thing. So, I don't even, I just think it is a matter of like the only thing I'm ever pushing is that you should be critical about what you're thinking about and I, I never ever not even Marx or Freud or fucking Nietzsche like there is no person that has ever existed on earth that I'm telling you think like this person all I have ever said is you should consider how the things that you assume and think are need to be critically reassessed and I would say this equally to a Thai Lee if i knew her personally as i would say to anybody celebrating the idea that they um have achieved self-realization through sex work right Uh you are both stopping short of the actual goal of radical feminism i think
0: um um
1: but yeah, yeah that's, that was my whole point is uh, I'm glad that this person wrote in. They were the only one that knew more about, you know, like they had more information to say. So I was glad I wanted to share it and tell people about like, I definitely was not saying you should follow this person and uh, uncritically believe everything they have to say about anything.
0: I think I understand probably why they like felt the need to speak on this because I you know, oh, no, it's great it's, that it's they did. really yeah. illuminating, probably looking into yeah. somebody like Tyley being connected to a think tank always yeah. think tanks always have an agenda and they 're always funded by Coke money and they 're always against Absolutely. fucking brown and people brown people and black people and fucking women mm-hmm. and all this stuff, right um and I think that it's really um it's, it's good to kind of point out what happened here, which is you didn 't do anything wrong, but I think I understand why this person got their hackles up because. That They pointed out that um, the critique of white uh, elective sex workers is often weaponized by these conservative organizations as a way of, like, using wokeness to try to rally people that just follow liberal shit into supporting agendas that are ultimately, like, gravely conservative and evil. And... It Absolutely, all the but do you time. see
1: how we're now talking about the one percent? Like, uh, so if uh, online online elective white sex workers are let's say three percent of the actual sex workers of the world, then the conservatives who are using that as a argument point are probably a one percent of the world. So that's what I'm saying: is that the public conversation, which unfortunately is probably what's driving policy in a lot of ways it is not reflective of the actual people in the majority of the world in sex work. And it sucks that somebody like Ty Lee and her, not her organization, the organization that she seems to be associated with, um, are weaponizing that in a way where they are helping to police and criminalize sex workers and Johns and whatever, instead of actually helping sex workers achieve a better material reality but it doesn't mean that the argument is bad and uh i am actually i was purposely bringing up this email because i very much think every one of this person's points are correct but they do not at any point deny that the logic behind anything that was discussed was incorrect i said some people have weaponized that logic to do bad things with it and that's why i wanted to bring it up is because good logic can always be weaponized to do bad things it doesn't mean you shouldn't have good logic
0: yeah but i think it's also important to like when you talk about it provide context because like uh i'm reading manufacturing consent right now and like it's all about spin and stuff like this and about how like you know the corporate media says things that aren't necessarily true but it's like 99% how you say it so you notice you know the way headlines are whenever a cop kills someone the the passive voice is always used Uh, I just used the passive voice so I said that but the uh, you know officer the person
1: was killed in an officer and involved involved shooting shooting. instead
0: of the police Mm -hmm. officer killed someone and like the way um, one thing he talks about a lot in the first couple chapters is like uh, and Anytime there's like a client state of the United States, if, um, you know, people are killed in it, it's like, uh, you know, very underreported. And when it is reported, it's like a natural byproduct of, you know, such and such infighting. Somehow it's blamed on the left. And then when people are killed in like communist countries that are like, you know, the, the United States has an agenda against it's like fucking pages and pages and pages of coverage and like you know this is a pinned as a byproduct these are both stories about the same thing happening but they're they're, but they have an effect and there's a reason that they're presented in such a way so it's like this kind of invisible thing at all times like you kind of have to keep an eye on because you could find yourself perpetuating some of it without even really realizing it and I think liberals do that all the time because they specifically have this thing where they think of themselves as progressive which is a word that doesn't even mean anything just means you think you're good on social issues or whatever And like, uh, I don't know, like the thing with, um, I mean, you know what? Let me ask one question to the audience here. I don't have an answer to this. Uh, I'm actually curious because I'm out of my depth because I'm a guy and I'm not a sex worker and all that stuff. But like, uh, so do you, I'm curious if somebody should email us if they have any (laughs) insight into whether that's true about the Internet only representing a certain class of sex workers, though, because like everyone has a phone. You know like i don't know i mean i know every twitter is kind of full of bougie dumbasses or whatever but um are we doing classism here and going like poor people like don't have that representative of a voice in just like basic online bullshit maybe maybe not i don't know i'm kind of curious i would pose that as a possible critique but i'm not saying that i don't know Neither of us uh, are like in this group to to double
1: down to triple down. To be clear, I was calling all of you liberals. I mean, I don't understand if you guys didn't get that. But what I was saying was every person who has landed at the sex work is good, period, fucking point of view. You are a liberal who has not proceeded past Liberation does not come through owning your own, uh, commodification. Liberation comes through no longer being commodified. Okay. So I will super triple down on the fact that you are absolutely wrong. No matter who you are, no matter what class you are of if you believe that your liberation or your self-realization will come from your own commodification of your own body or your own labor, that's the same thing as being a small business owner, period. End of story. It's not something to be argued with me. It's my, my, my belief, I guess. Right. And so to what you're saying about like, is it a bias or whatever that we have? Dude, it absolutely isn't. It is. um, I think it is scientifically documented. Like, uh, uh most people in the world like even if you count the fact that china like doesn't have the same internet as us that's fucking a third of the world's population and then you go with the fact that like all of africa has limited internet access and those people there's like a bunch of fucking survival sex workers people so i think what we need to recognize is that when we talk about uh online sex workers We are not talking about sex workers who have a Twitter and tweet about being sex workers. We are talking about people who are primarily online sex workers, meaning that they provide sex services via the Internet. They have an OnlyFans. They have, uh, they create porn videos that they put up. They have Patreons and shit like that where they're interacting with people. They are not on a street corner. They don't have a fucking pimp. They don't live in Thailand, ha- like having a multi generational pimped out situation. That is not the same. Those people are not on Twitter talking about what's going on with their life. The sex workers we hear about on the internet and whose voices we hear are people who are internet savvy, whose business is a business of they sell sex on the internet. It's a very, a very small percentage of people who are vocal on the internet and are like street sex workers, survival sex workers. It is absolutely a different, a different fucking field of work. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like, um, the way, oh, okay. This might be a weird, this is my a first flimsy, I haven't thought it through, but let's see if this allegory works. But uh, in academia, uh, academics talk a lot about how they have like a fucked up uh, career world where they're abused <laughs> and they don't have the tenure track and they're in a very like scarcity mentality, tenuous kind of existence. And they very much think that they are being like abused <laughs> and that they don't have certain opportunities and they're being like divided by classes and all this shit. But that is not the same as, or no, I want to say that it is the same, right. As a, an academic will compare themselves to a person who has worked retail or service industry all their life, because maybe you do make the same kind of salary but you don't live the same kind of life as a service industry survival person who fucking literally has to smile in the face of somebody who tipped them 10 cents because they can't lose this job. Yeah. Right. That's different than you're not a tenure track, track professor. So you have to fucking kiss the ass of a tenure professor. <sighs> yeah, that fucking sucks. But it you are not in a precarious, actual fucking life threatening situation the same way that service and retail workers are that is the difference i think between online sex workers and survival street sex workers you might be in the same industry uh and you might be precarious in similar ways but but you don't actually live the same reality you have uh safety nets in ways that the other group does.
0: yeah sure i just i don't know i guess i'm just like Suspicious of casting these people all as being necessarily girl bosses and liberals about this. I mean, these are theoretical people I'm talking about. So it's like some people are this yeah. and some people aren't. It's just I'm not
1: saying they all are though.
0: I just I I know a lot of sex yeah. workers who are like um you know big theory heads and Marxists and stuff like that, but also but like me warning people against thinking that way. I was in the middle of talking.
1: I know that you are and I fucking, I know that I'm interrupting you, but you're, you're making an assumption about me, you're but I haven't finished assumption. my sentence yet. I know, but based on what you have said before and you can finish it, you your can't cut
0: somebody you... off mid sentence ago okay, based on what you said. Sorry, go on. What I'm saying okay, is it's possible to have the right politics about this and still not and not be like a Calvinist about it. And like you're, you can know that, that you can have the right attitude or a theory and put like agenda and everything and still like take, you know, take my time within your, you know, the situation that you're in to like enjoy the part of it that you were like allowed to enjoy. Like just, just like having fucking a good time about your job uh while being a fucking communist who wants to destroy the power dynamics that make your job your job is not inherently anti-theory i mean it's like saying like every professional basketball player or something should like not celebrate when they get a slam dunk or something you know like what if they're a communist <laughs> you know it's just i don't know i feel like there's just like um there's like a an agenda here that's like got nothing to do with the, like the actual political underpinnings because i th- feel like we're taking theoretical people and accusing them because they have a fucking instagram where they're like look how much fun i'm having of therefore not like of being a fucking liberal and being a small business owner in that way we're all who workers are what if you were going to go up the- go ahead
1: who are the theoretical people that you think are being attacked
0: I mean Attack is a strong word. I just mean like um, we're talking about like elective online sex workers who are not the same as streetwalkers, right?
1: Right. And all I have said is that they do not represent all of sex workers. Yeah. No. Which no you one disagrees. Agree with, correct. Right, right. Exactly. So this idea of the fact that uh, they're somehow like. You know, you keep acting like, oh, we might be like somehow sliding the online se- online sex workers, so they're not being heard. No, they're being heard. They're actually pretty much the only ones being.
0: Heard. I didn't say they're not being heard.
1: Yeah, so whatever. It's it's totally fine. They get heard.
0: I'm not talking uh, about being heard. I'm saying you're miscasting someone as. I just, sometimes I'm you not, don't like someone, and you're like, you're a fucking lib, and it's like, well, did they do anything? Or you but just- I'm
1: not talking about a person, Jake. I'm talking about a way of thinking. So to me, if you are identifying any people that we know for thinking this way, then yeah, that's their fucking problem. If anybody listening to this is identifying as thinking this way, then they yeah, that's your fucking problem. You should be thinking about it. I have been extremely clear about the fact that what I am saying is if any person out there thinks that being a sex worker is a liberating (coughs) excuse me (coughs) in and of itself liberating communists like you know you said something like oh it's like if a basketball player or whatever no actually jake it's not it's like if um if like if you met a stockbroker who was like i'm a communist yeah really how how could you be a communist if you believe in all of the ways that capitalism commodifies everything around you and you are profiting from it and you believe in it and hold on i am not saying that sex workers are as evil and depraved as stockbrokers. They're definitely, stockbrokers are worse people. <laughs> what I'm saying is that sex work is oppor- opportunistic in the same way as finance workers, in that it is a bunch of people who very clearly see what capitalism values and choose to try to self realize and to own their own labor and their own commodification by being their own plantation owner, okay? Being a plantation owner is still bad, even if you get to be your own. So a truly liberated sex worker may be a sex worker who does what they must do under capitalism to have as much power and control over their own commodification, but their ultimate goal is not to be like, yes, this is the best, everyone should aim for this, This is what the fucking utopia is. Absolutely not. Not if you consider yourself a communist. If there is a stockbroker out there who believes in communism, their ultimate goal is not everybody should figure out fucking pork futures. It's we shouldn't even believe in something as pork futures. (laughs) You know what
0: I mean? I I don't buy this comparison at all because oh i think it's perfect <laughs> no because a stockbroker exploits another person and a sex worker only exploits themselves so it's not a plantation uh, situation where you're like you have fucking workers and slaves and shit
1: i understand i understand but you know what um a sex worker and that's what's different about a sex worker who's an online elective sex worker and a
0: um online sex worker is very similar to how we make money on this podcast
1: right it's elective jake uh we both have other skills and other ways of making money. So this is the difference. Uh online elective sex workers cannot speak for the people who are living it in the real world. Not the real world because online is also real world, but like uh for survival, right? And have no other option you cannot frame that what you're doing is a, is liberating while that that other, that other person is not doing Well
0: I think that liberating. the the key thing that you said that I think I disagree with is the uh, assertion that what this theoretical person is saying is Everyone else should do this and that it's liberating in the sense of like, like the stockbroker going, everyone else should yes, be a sir. stockbroker. Mm-hmm. I think what they're saying is that it was liberating to their personal situation, which is just a statement about the person's life. And like, it's the same oh, way. Wait, that, wait. I mean, there is a sense to which within this conversation, we all exist in capitalism and it's just part, like, we can't. You can't do anything about the fact that you work for a company and that I, you know, work at a bar or whatever. Yeah, I can be they, but neither against Neither one of us it.
1: says that it's liberating to work at a company or a bar, okay? And that is the big fucking difference, right? So what I was trying to say to you before is if a sex worker, any sex worker anyway, takes up the position, especially publicly, that sex work is liberating then what they are doing is undermining all of the reality of all of the sex workers who are not liberated through sex work. They're actually oppressed. They're actually abused. They're actually without any other choice. And you're blanking, blanketing it. You are participating in the propaganda of there are people who love to be sex workers. And sure, there are, but you are erasing the, the actual reality of the people who don't, man. And all of this, again, to... The point of the email that I brought up is I am not saying that any of these people should be policed or put in jail, or that if our, if my personal belief is that I think sex work should not exist, because I don't think any work should exist, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't believe that anybody should be put in jail, either for giving services or procuring services, because I also don't believe in jails. So... That was my whole point in bringing up this email Is just do not take anything that I said to the extent of um, anybody should be policed or punished for their participa- participation in capitalism in any way. That was it. I didn't really mean to get into it with you about our differences that we've already established over our sex work opinions.
0: yeah. I mean, this is just the Hassan house thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, I'm not willing to get into it. It We can disagree and it's fine. Uh, I just wanted to make clear that I am not in any way telling you to believe in Ty Lee or a firm or any policy which drives you to punish sex workers or johns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's fuck like, that. But I stand
1: by everything else that I said. <laughs> Figure it out, dude. I don't think it contradicts itself. What else did you want to talk about?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> fucking like movies, Some movies and shit. <laughs> but it's, it's like, <laughs> such a dramatic shift into a situation that's more, you know, chill and.
1: Well, I can tell you my my uh, very quick update for you and a very chill thing was I told you that I was finished watching The Sopranos. Right? Yeah. Finally. Did you? You've seen the end of the Sopranos? Yes.
0: I've never seen the Sopranos.
1: You've never seen it, Jake? No, I've never watched. <sighs> I thought it. I was bringing. I thought <sighs> I was bringing you something as like you already know this.
0: No, I don't. I've never watched it. I, I don't know. I, <sighs> I'll probably do it so, next okay, COVID okay. cycle or whatever.
1: Yeah. So can I ruin something for you or no?
0: No, I don't do it. I'm gonna watch it.
1: Ah, <sighs> oh, fuck. Okay, then don't. Then forget <laughs> it. We're skipping this whole thing. But if, it sorry. was gonna be like an art. An art world thing, like a uh, bad art friend. Somebody in the show is an, a bad art friend, and it is a huge, huge big deal. Big deal. But we'll talk about it whenever you get to it. I think you actually anyway. kind
0: of told me about this, but you know what? Ah, we'll come back to it next when time. I, one when day. Watch All right. It.
1: Go on. So, what else? What movies did you watch?
0: Well, I watched the fucking new Batman. And, uh, oh, how was that? I mean, I'm not really sure because I fell asleep a couple times, uh, <laughs> but I got the gist of it. And uh, I kind of was just vibing on it, and I did a podcast with uh, the Horror Vanguard about it and stuff with like a bunch of people who did watch it, so I was just the vibes correspondent. And um, I was just kind of thinking about it and philosophizing about it on Twitter, and then some dumbass started yelling at me, and so I've been thinking a lot about that because uh, it got called a pseudo-intellectual for um, for this take. Been there. Uh, <laughs> which is like, you know, I all anytime someone is just, talking about a movie it's all inherently pseudo-intellectual I'm not like pretending to be like to
1: you and Leslie a lot
0: did people Uh, hate it when leftists talk about you guys have opinions about movies (laughs) which is like me and Liz Leslie are both like this is not important this is why I'm saying all this crazy shit because I love that you have
1: like way bigger takes about more important things and then people get super mad at you about like
0: that I guess I mean (laughs) in my head it's like probably because you can't actually you know it's harder to like pick apart a political argument yeah so you just go after this movie thing but like movies are like not important so like it doesn't matter so like uh but I want I hear me tell you cuz I think I came up with a pretty good take I'm pretty proud of right we were talking about how um Robert Pattinson's Batman is uh so he's like very millennial like he seems like an emo guy and he um big thing that occurred to me, which I think is pretty cool, is he doesn't do what all the other Batman did, which is uh, disguise their voice kind of and like the way they use their body and stuff like that. Um, It's really weird because you watch it and he's like when he's Batman, he's just like, and then when he's Bruce Wayne, he's just like, and it's like, oh, he's (laughs) kind of the same guy. So my theory on this, which I just came up with for fun, because this is a movie about a guy who dresses up like a bat which is just for fun is the reason this is a good millennial, like mythological character is that all of the Batman previous to this had a situation where they were like schizophrenic to a point in their compartmentalization of Bruce Wayne versus Batman. The Bruce Wayne character had to hold things down as a fucking guy who's the face of a business The Batman is where he gets out this weird fetish he has for dressing in leather and beating up homeless people and stuff and uh, pretends that it's about, you know, being a police officer or whatever. And the Joker usually finds him, realizes that he's got this schism going on and confronts him with it and threatens to destroy his life by essentially doxing him, right? And like proving to the world Bruce Wayne is Batman. The Joker has power over this situation because the Joker is great in that he's become his own mask. the joker is like a guy who's like i doxed myself i can no longer be you know attacked on the basis of my personal life because i just am the crazy person that i am um i don't have so he threatens batman like in this sense that he's like the joker is actually kind of more free than batman batman's kind of like a closet guy or whatever and um you know in the older iterations of Batman I think this is reflective of like the material reality that we all work in because people used to have jobs that they'd have for their entire life like they had careers and stuff so older generations were less freaky because they had or at least if they were freaky they were very closeted about their freakiness and stuff and they did have situations where it's like if anyone finds out I'm gay or whatever the fuck or I'm a communist or whatever. Whatever. My entire life will be destroyed, uh, and I'll lose my job and my pension and my family will be fucked up and all this stuff, right? They're like cow and euphoria or whatever. Whereas Millennial Batman is a guy who is from a generation where our work lives are, you know, we, we got fucked in that our jobs through neoliberalism became gutted and turned into independent contractor statuses where we are gig workers, we're constantly unemployed, we're freelance, <laughs> we don't have health insurance, but you know what the the upshot of that is? We're kind of free uh mm-hmm. you're given this fucked up situation where you're given the illusion of freedom what do all the what do all the 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 gig apps tell you like oh this is great you can work whenever you want stuff you make
1: you're, your own hours yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we're all like uber drivers Be and shit boss.
1: yeah
0: and like freelance writers and stuff and just like bullshit or you know whatever you have some dumb job like doesn't matter and so You're going to die and, you know, not have health insurance. But the upshot is you have a life online where you get to be a fucking freak openly. You talk about your sex life, your weird proclivities. You're a communist. There's so many millennials that are just open communists. This is the thing our parents couldn't comprehend, right? But you still have to do a little bit of, like, accountability or, uh, like, masking and stuff like that. And, like, every once in a while, like, you still have to kind of, like, like, I was thinking about this thing that's very common among millennials where, like, The Twitter account goes locked and the person goes, I got to go dark for a week because I'm looking for a job. And I was like, that's robert pattinson's batman mask it's like it's <laughs> it's just a minor inconvenience yeah because he doesn't actually care he doesn't have the psychological schism that uh like an older batman does he it's more of a functional thing where he's just like hey, i gotta wear the mask i gotta cause.
1: get i gotta make a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and yeah. uh i thought that was really funny about it and i thought it was like um that's why i liked the characters in it because they're all they're casually freaky in a way that millennials are, <laughs> as opposed to scary freaky in the way that like older people are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like,
1: not to call you out, Gen X, when you're fucking
0: freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just thought like the Riddler and Catwoman, they're like, oh, they're, they are, to me, they worked as metaphors for yeah. people's online avatars. Who couldn't
1: be themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then their personal yeah. lives. And the avatar is where you get to be like a fucking artistic interpretation of yourself yeah. or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. And then this guy called me a fucking sort intellectual about it. And so when I was <laughs> arguing with him, I was talking to him and I was like, well, I was just talking, you know, I was just on Twitter, like talking to, I don't know who, just talking. And, uh, I was talking about film and I was like, this is so funny that, like, apparently a bunch of people who call called themselves leftists. Hate me, but the only thing they ever come after me for is by take some fucking movies, and like it's stupid because movies are Rorschach tests and they don't mean anything. And even if the director intends there to be something, he's wrong, like or she's wrong. Sorry, Uh, (laughs) like they're they're wrong. wrong. Uh, You don't even get to you don't even get to decide what your art is about. And you're a comedian, you might have intention it, in your jokes, but you don't get to I decide. I hate to break
1: it to every artist, but that's for all of your art. You can intend whatever the fuck you want to intend, but whatever people get out of it is what they get out of
0: it. Yeah, and so um, something that kind of pairs nicely with that is I just watched Crash, the David Cronenberg film, which is a, it's about... Um, it's incredible. It's about... a It's based on a book, and it's about people that get into car accidents and then they become like car accident fetishists and they sort of form this <laughs> underground like crew of people who like do things like um, recreate famous car crashes from history and sort of like, you know <laughs> what they do it as like a show where they all kind of watch and they're all just like, yeah, cool or whatever. And then they like fuck afterwards and stuff. Freaks. And it's, yeah. so this, this movie is really interesting because It's based on a novel by this guy, J.G. Ballard, right? And J.G. Ballard's sort of interpretation of this story that he wrote, or his, like, what he intended at least, was, um, commentary on, like, uh, how cars have become this, like, destructive, perverse part of our lives, like technology. Like, I think he's kind of a Luddite. And what's interesting about that, though, is that, cronenberg decided to adapt it because it does fit nicely this story into cronenberg's like thing Oof, wow. because yeah. like a lot of his stuff is about like um you know kind of regular humans and then like there's some sort of like parasite or cyborgification or something that like comes into their lives and then raises all these questions so for example the fly right fucking uh, jeff goldblum accidentally he turns himself into it. a hybrid yeah. it's great um a uh, video drone that we talked about, right? This guy mm-hmm. get the new flesh happens to him and stuff. And, uh, you know, and what's interesting, what's, but what's important about these stories is the second Cronenberg thing, which is that, and this, I didn't kind of figure this out until I was reading about this, but this is really important. I think Cronenberg tells stories from an intentionally objective point of view, like morally, like he, when people ask him was crash a warning about the dangers of perversity He's like, I don't, I don't know. It's just a story about people fucking cars and stuff. And, uh, or that, you know, or is it good or is it bad? He differs from the author. The author kind of had like an agenda. And he, what he does is he just fucking comes up with these stories and he tells them. And he goes, this is for you to interpret. Like, I don't know who these people are. I just made a story with them. And so he purposely just put stuff out there into the world. And that's the reason Crash is, like, not available on, like, Amazon and stuff like that. It's because <laughs> it fucked with people's heads so much that it it was dark and weird. And it did seemingly – no one knew what it was saying. And it was because he was like, I don't know what it's saying. Like, I just made this like a dream, you know, like uh Like, the way David Lynch sort of, like, divines stuff like a mystic and then goes, I don't know what the fuck it was about. You figure it out, you know? Um, And I think, like, I don't know. I just really like that method of uh, creating. I think it's more honest than when the director is like, you know, this is... um, This is... I don't know, like fucking J.K. Rowling or something tries tries to put all these like stupid messages that are yeah in her.
1: Uh, Dude, can I tell you something that I read about her that I super hate? I don't know if this is interrupting no a bad way, Please. but I think it contributes. Which is, uh, did you know that she chose to go with J.K. Rowling as her pen name or whatever because an editor told her that she would be more likely to sell more if you couldn't tell that she was a woman by her name. Like young boys would like fantasy more if she wasn't obviously a female author. So then she did that. Right. Yeah. And then the fact that she's like such a fucking turf now, who's like women and are fighting, and we're the only ones. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, bitch, you never even like stood up for being a woman. You like totally made your whole fame on like not Obviously, being a woman on the cover of your books, you fucking lying bitch. (laughs)
0: That (laughs) is her MO, and that is the liberal MO, which is that I'm Mm -hmm. going to buy into the system and then turn around once I'm rich and claim that my success is trickle down and shit.
1: Because of my position, yeah. And then she like straight up pulled the ladder up behind her to be like any other woman who can't pass like I did. yeah. Can't fucking succeed, uh, dude. So she's shitty. so pathological no with
0: that shit. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, I, I've read. The, I fucking. I'm gonna look this up right now to see if this is true. Because I saw somebody tweet this, and it's so outrageous. I like kind of don't even believe it. But <laughs> apparently, her uh, her pen name Robert Galbraith that she writes uh, as a yeah. guy, which is like ironic. Yeah. But she's probably doing that as a joke or whatever on purpose. Is uh was like a yeah fuck here it is Who's a psychiatrist who was a pioneer of conversion therapy
1: oh my god isn't that
0: messed up
1: (laughs) that's like dude we didn't even get to the cosby documentary but that's funny that they do this thing all like the fucked up people they they tell on themselves when they try to like create fictional versions of themselves they're like my job is gonna be i just gas people uh in a shower, but I'm not a Nazi or anything.
0: <laughs> <I> just,
1: <laughs> it's a separate storyline where I guess and murder people. Who are yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do we have time to talk about Cosby? Like I don't think so. Goodness. We're going to have to
1: leave it for the next one, but we can tell people, watch it watch the documentary on. It's a Kamal Bell documentary on Showtime. And I think it's like four parts, right? It's not that long actually. Um, but it's interesting. You learn a lot. If you didn't already know a lot about Cosby as a comic um but also puts him into good context in terms of just like the hero worship thing like the conflict of having a person who did do a lot for you and your people who then is also not a good person
0: yeah he's i mean he's <laughs> yeah. like he's also like jk rowling like the the yeah. the liberal path thing because like it starts yeah. off with him his career it what I think it's interesting about the documentary, the first episode puts his career side by side with Dick Gregory, who's like an totally. actual radical. And then he's doing this thing that liberals all fucking say they're going to do mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm going to buy in and mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, turn around and help everyone out. But it's all I got to get my success first and stuff. Yeah. And like, it's so it's such a bullshit, not unreal thing that you could see it like toxifying in the body totally. of this fucking guy and it's like yeah he has to be lying out both sides of his mouth yeah. all the fucking time and it's just uh, it's one of those things that makes me go you know I'm kind of a fucking uh, uh, an and com Rousseau guy about this where I'm like our, our souls don't want us to be liberal fucking bosses they want us no. to cooperate with each other and like yeah. when we do it like that we end up becoming monsters you know
1: yeah, totally. Because, uh, you know, what was funny about the Cosby thing with that was that, um, I mean, I knew, I especially knew, I guess I knew about Dick Gregory more as a stand-up comic. I knew his history more than I knew uh, Cosby's. Because by the time I moved to America, Cosby was just, like, the Cosby show Jell-O guy, you know? Yeah. But what was interesting in watching this documentary was that it made it clear, I think, why he became a pull the ladder up behind him guy. And I think, at least in my opinion, is because literally what they showed us was that like Dick Gregory actually broke the ceiling, right? The glass ceiling of like a black man getting on late night, you know, and getting respect as a stand up. But he was still too, quote, like a dangerous black man who was like too edgy and too much pushing the line and then uh cosby was in the right place in the right time to be this like softer version college educated likable black man who was like a clean comic version of dick gregory kind of right yeah and so he came into a world where it was a there can only be one kind of thing and he literally displaced gregory you know what i mean like he like dick gregory didn't go on to have a tv show multiple tv shows and do all the things that fucking cosby did so i it made me just kind of like realize that when he saw eddie murphy or richard pryor coming up like it was a threat existentially to him he literally
0: called them and shit
1: yeah and tried to like stop them from fucking (laughs) being rude or being edgy or whatever And I had always thought of it as just, like, a shitty older man thing to do that's just, like, wanting to hold on to his power over shit. But I guess it just, I'm just saying, like, it's not a defense of him at all. It was still shitty what he did, but, like, it's just funny to think that, or interesting to think that he really did come up at a time where it was, like, you have to attack everyone else who's like you. There, Like, it's a, there can only be one kind of situation. And so he never really, even though he portrayed this idea of um, nurturing young black people after him, he never actually nurtured any young black person in entertainment.
0: Yeah, Not one.
1: Not one, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single one, because even like, uh, do you remember in the documentary, one of the funniest things to me, which is like funny, like sad, and it's horrible <laughs> because nothing's funny in this thing, but like... <laughs> Uh the fact that uh so the guy that played Vanessa's husband and then the guy with the glasses, whatever, there was like two young black men on the Cosby show who were like lesser characters, but they were regulars. Yeah. And one of them, they like interview him and he's like, Oh yeah, no, we were on the show for like ten years or whatever, and we had a shared dressing room that was like the size of a broom closet. And then uh one day they would like show up to work and they would be like, Oh, you guys, your dressing room is being used by somebody else. And it would be given to, like, the hot model who was doing, <laughs> yeah. like, the three-line guest spot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, And so they were, like, constantly being displaced so that Cosby could try to, like, finagle fucking some young model that he got three lines on the show for or whatever. Yeah. So, A, every fucking person on that fucking staff and crew and everything was aware of what the fuck was going on. And, two... Uh, or B, or whatever I started with, uh, they... Like, he never treated anybody on his crew or cast or staff. Like, even as he did the thing of, like, he started the black um... uh... Body, what do you call them? Stunt... The stunt yeah, stunt guys. doubles, yeah. Yeah, the stunt doubles, and, like, the fact that he started that industry, like, sure, that seems like, okay, sort of putting the ladder down... But even that's kind of self-serving, because he didn't want to have like a white dude doing his fucking stunts.
0: Yeah. And then
1: it wasn't like it ultimately never went beyond anything where it didn't make him look good, I guess.
0: Yeah, right? I think. Um, well, okay, if we do a podcast, we'll get it at it in in depth or whatever. But like, yeah,
1: let's. The, we
0: gotta get into it. The ultimate takeaway for me is uh, one of those things where. All of these people, when they think about Bill Cosby, they're like, man, I can't believe I didn't see it. And, like, isn't yeah. this so weird or whatever? And the lesson is, like, that's – you have a problem with, like, interpreting stuff that is normal. Yeah. idolizing, yeah. Well, it was, no, that's normal. Like, because he, yeah. like, oh, I can't believe this guy who, like, um, was America's dad, you know, in a lot of senses, was up to all this bad stuff because that's incompatible with the idea of America's dad. No, 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 no. Dad as a, it means patriarch. I mean, it's literally like
1: yeah, <laughs> like, It means manipulator. Yeah, yeah, it,
0: it means like a bad thing, and like Boss. the idea that <laughs> yeah. there's the idea of putting a guy in a position of authority over other people just on the basis of he's fucked somebody or whatever. This all comes back to yeah. you know the family unit is bad or whatever, like nuclear family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the I the, all of the things that this guy was engaged in with like you know kind of. Uh, positioning himself as that figure and with being like a liberal like you know hero or whatever this is the lesson is you should have seen that the whole time you didn't you you need to look for it again next time some fucking artist comes along and is like i'm speaking on behalf of all the and it will happen it happens all the fucking time if you pay attention to liberal culture it's like it happens constantly and it's constantly weaponized by other people and stuff and uh, yeah, no, I mean, I understand why everyone you're totally right. thought that. I, yeah, but, but you're totally
1: right. Because I actually what I really liked about Kamal Bell's ending to this documentary is that he didn't end it in like, a, oh, well, you know, like all our heroes could be bad, whatever, you know, like in a real fucking like dorky way. He ended it with this thing where he was like, uh, kind of exactly what you're saying. Like, instead of us thinking, like, how could a guy that does so much good do bad? Maybe it's time that we start realizing that sometimes guys who want to do bad do good to cover up the fact that they're doing bad. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of what he did, like, especially with, like, the donating money to the colleges, to the black colleges and, like, all this stuff. Was, it became a thing where it, like, reinforced his ability to abuse, because then every college wanted to welcome him, because they wanted his money and the prestige of being supported by Cosby. Yeah. So then it reinforced the idea that, like, all, like, this, it gave him the access to all the yeah, young like women. Fucking
0: Epstein, just throwing yeah. money around and shit. And exactly, exactly.
1: And it became, like, an incentivized cover-up situation for everyone involved. So the fact that Kamau even had I guess I don't know the courage to say that it's not just a matter of like it's disappointing that a good guy did something bad we need to be critical enough to go to the next step of like sometimes bad people also do good things in order to whitewash their reputation or to like get away with the bad things they intended to do all along yeah And we never really frame it that way. We always frame it as like, oh, maybe he just stumbled on his path to goodness. (laughs) You know? And it's like did he though because it's 47 women or some shit (laughs)
0: 65 and that's only the people that came forward yeah
1: exactly exactly
0: no it was clearly Um, not just like an uh weird aberration or whatever yeah but i just also think like what's so telling is that he's saying the whole time like everyone's like wow he was just doing these jokes about spanish fly and stuff like that and was like how is he just telling us this stuff so long was he doing a freudian projection and it's like no In the fucking 60s, the culture of manhood was that you would just sexually harass everyone all the time and stuff. And then as... you
1: got laid, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like... I mean, if you ever talk to old men about this, you know, they all fucking... The reason they're all so scared of, like, Me Too and shit like that is because they're like, yeah, it was normal, you know, when I was younger to do all this stuff. And now we're getting, like, retroactively audited for it and stuff like that. And, like, you know, I mean that's probably true you just please just <laughs> learn I guess it's like what just most learn. people are saying yeah. you know like yeah. a lot of old men came from a time when they probably didn't have I mean not to excuse any abusive behavior or whatever but it's like they the, you look at Cosby talking about Spanish fly like this guy doesn't even understand that like he shouldn't be saying this into he a doesn't microphone. seem
1: like he does understand <laughs> yeah which doesn't make it okay in any way I'm not saying that but like it is interesting that it doesn't seem like it's something that he's trying to get away with or I, anything. I think what
0: I'm trying to say is yeah. that the idea that we're projecting backwards onto this now, that what he was doing was incompatible with like who he was at the time and being like a fatherly whatever guy that played the, the, the Playboy Club and stuff. The idea that that was incompatible is completely insane. Like it was totally compatible. That's why you should take what you know now about him and use it to indict the system of fucking patriarchy and liberalism. Yep. But we'll time. talk more about this in depth on the next episode, <laughs> I guess.
1: Next episode. Yes. Write us emails. Tell us how you disagree with me or with Jake. Probably me. I don't know. Yeah, might I feel be like I'm having a year know. of just making me people angry. <sighs> no, uh, yeah, but, I mean... you know, I don't mean to. I love you guys. Uh, no. And I also do want to say to this person who wanted to be anonymous, thank you so much for the email because I didn't know anything about this organization. I read up on it. Uh, it's always good to hear new information. But I'm also glad to hear that you did hear that the ideas that I'm talking about are not wrong. Yeah. They just should not be weaponized against anyone to put them into any kind of carceral system or any of that shit.
0: Can I tell you a story um, real quick about that? Yeah. That I think like parallels yeah. this pretty well. Um yeah. it's pretty funny. Like a couple weeks ago there was this uh this like college student that wrote the New York Times essay that comes out periodically every two months, which is that uh campus cancel culture has gotten out of control or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was, it was really funny. Chick, right?
0: Yeah, it was some young Zoomer yeah. chick and like yeah. she kept she told this story about how she felt like um she was being ganged up on for like having hot takes about thomas jefferson being good or whatever and <laughs> she, which like you're a young republican at college you prepare to get made fun of you loser like oh no what a it. nerd i okay. know <laughs> um and i you know what i know people that are that were that person in college and are like communists now and shit and like it, And they're
1: so embarrassed
0: yeah they should be but it's also like fine <laughs> like this is the thing you always have to tell these people it's fine. You're gonna be fine. You know. Right. Yeah. You're just freaking out because you got yelled at. But um, so I thought it was interesting sure. because she um, well, the first thing that I figured out about it is that I looked at her LinkedIn and then figured out that she works for this uh, NGO called the oh uh, no. called the Fire Institute. I think is what it's called and it's it's a uh, sounds bad the i stands for individualism so it's like a weird <laughs> like per, uh pro individualism it's the worst i yeah <laughs> um but it's okay but the, here's the reason i m- compare it to uh what you were talking about with like the, the the sex work ngos and stuff like that is that um a lot of people think it's a good ngo because what NGOs like that do that are based around like free speech specifically is uh, like they kind of do what the ACLU does, which is uh, yeah. not just censorship of Nazis. They play both sides. And every once in a yeah. while they they stick up for like uh, a liberal and Israel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or, like, yeah. Well, it's always fucking
0: Israel. But like, <laughs> yeah, even, I want to say even the side, maybe like maybe this one did like, you know, a pro Israel and then a pro Palestine thing to yeah. try to pr- project object objectivity that doesn't actually exist Yeah. Uh, especially to throw it helps throw off the fact that they do have like only one kind of possible outcome that these politics can really put into the world which is right wing bullshit right um, but I had like an anarchist type person tweet at me and go, oh, I thought the fire institute did good stuff. I thought they like defended people that attacked Nazis and stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, they probably did sometimes. once yeah. or <laughs> twice yeah, t- to obscure the actual agenda. Yeah. So like, I think that's kind of similar to what's going on with some of the sex work stuff where they like yeah. use the cloak of a liberal argument that isn't right. wrong, you know, but the you have to like kind of they're,
1: they're interpreting it in a bad way and actively using it in a bad way The you know end goal is bad. yeah yeah you know it's a funny opposite thing of that i don't know if you saw this uh this is an internet thing that happened but you know verso books yeah right so I guess on their Instagram, they posted like a graphic of a person skateboarding, and then like with a quote. Did you see this or no? Oh <laughs> so
0: yeah, I, was, I like, saw with, that. <laughs> it <said, so laughs>
1: was like the quote of being like, like something like skateboarding is just men taking up too much space or whatever. The
0: fuck. <laughs> yeah, it <that> sucked.
1: <laughs> so I bring it up as both hilarious, but also that it's kind of like a reverse of what you're talking about, where like a good organization is like. I think posting something with a good intention of like kind of uh being feminist or something but they were just like not really thinking through what they're saying yeah i guess yeah the the
0: aclu is kind of like that except the aclu like started as a hardcore anarchist like bomb throwing organization in like the 1911 or whatever the fuck and it's like evolved into liberal bullshit kind of (laughs) right by this process uh, oddly um yeah totally but it happens on both sides and like uh another thing that she said another example of this And uh, I think this is probably deliberate because the fire institute is directly funded by like Coke money and stuff like this. And I think that they're they literally like the reason people have their hackles up about this sort of stuff is because Coke money is like actively trying to do this at all times. So like another thing she did is that she used the term self-censorship and like a lot of people were making fun of it because it sounds like, well, you can't censor yourself. Right. But here's the thing. That's a Chomsky term. He fucking uses yeah, it in manufacturing totally. consent all the time to describe yeah. the way corporate media makes mm-hmm. you censor yourself. And that is a real yeah. thing. And, like, it, you can be mapped out and understood as a no, way. No, that- for
1: sure conservatives are self-censoring right now, especially in liberal spaces. Well,
0: I guess what I'm getting, like, when I think that, is happening with that fucking stupid new york times article yeah is that she's using a term that makes people feel like they're reading like uh anti-corporate like chomsky. chomsky stuff yeah but what's fucked up about it is that she's arguing that herself a conservative someone who is like a fighter for the corporate state uh yeah. is is suffering from this so she's like used the term and turned it like a, a hundred and eighty degrees around, and tried to paint a picture where, um, you know, she's like being uh censored, which is absurd. If you've read Chomsky, you understand. Uh, everything she believes in is like the fucking uh, like what the corporate state is like pushing for the hegemony. Yeah. So you can't like fucking paint a picture where you're like, nobody wants me to talk about how oil companies should have all the power or whatever. Like, no, that is not happening. Like they, they control who you, who would be censoring you. Although I guess that's why like corporations and shit, are so angry at college campuses because college campuses arguably aren't maybe as influenced by capital in that way. Although that's probably not, you know, entirely true, but it's like specifically—I don't know—a place where there's. But they some...
1: ostensibly, yeah, provide a place where they encourage people to have that kind of public speech and opinion.
0: Yeah, and so like I, that's yeah. like an example that just works really well. But like I don't know, when I think about propaganda and stuff like that, I think about what this person emailing said a lot. I I, I think about putting stuff into context, like they pointed out, because like um, the the way all this stuff functions. Is to take stuff out of context and like do this weird philosophical trick where like um yeah you know you're it's like you're 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 I don't I just, I don't know if this fits at all but I was just reading like a, a a weird Hegelian mind experiment where he's talking about like three blind people and they all touch a different part of an elephant and they're like it's a rope it's a yeah. fucking horn it's a tree trunk
1: I believe that's Buddhist actually is yeah. it
0: and it's yeah. like. Anything can be true if you're not seeing the whole picture, you know? The
1: whole picture, yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's all. We should call this ele- this episode the elephant. But I do think it all kind of connected pretty well because ultimately, like, I think, I mean, my point would be, like, you, nobody listening to us, including us, should be, like, taking everything that we say... At like Facebook, not face value, because I think we mean what we say, I guess like without, I don't know, I I don't, I don't have a thinker that I look up to or like, like I have people that I um, have admired their theory or their way of thinking in their place in time in history. But even Marx or all that shit, I am not a person that is going to quote to you their word by word. You know why, Jake? Because this was this is a dead ass white motherfucking man. From like 150 years ago. I really don't give a fuck. What he would have to say about today. Because he's never been on Twitter. He's never lived my life. Yeah. <laughs> like He can't possibly know. All he is to me is a person. Who had some good ideas for his time and place. And that I have learned from. And tried to apply. And evolved. And evolve from my current place. And that is what I would tell you. You should listen to podcasters. To activists to sex workers, to progressives, even to conservatives in your life, anybody. You should just be taking in their ideas and learning how to critically absorb them and take what you can use and discard what you know to be bad or toxic and continually do that process because it's never going to end and you're never going to (laughs) be right about anything. It's just about constantly bringing in more and
0: more yeah I and, well also like any yeah. good philosopher would be the first person yeah. to tell you to do that and not to follow them like they're writing a bible yeah and, exactly, uh, exactly the other thing is uh here's a way to here's a good way to think about this be cronenberg right don't think yeah. about things in terms of good people and bad people because that's um you know that's libidinal and that's like uh it's something defeating. that always yeah. ends up being used for um ah man here's another ten dollar word i'm writing a thing so i've got all these fucking philosophy terms flying around <laughs> but uh the signifier so like lecon talks mm-hmm. about the, the lack uh which is the, yeah. the great sort of situation that we're in as soon as we exit the womb and stuff and how we always have a lack and we always have one missing signifier and i'm Probably butchering this because I still can't figure out exactly what he meant by it, but he's talking about like, um, fascists fill the lack with, uh, a scapegoat, which is like, um, something that I was reading Lacan say and I was like, I came up with this on my own. Holy shit, uh, this fits. I don't know how I did this, my osmosis or something, yeah. but I talked about this when I went on Duncan Trussell because my theory has always been that there's a hole in everyone's heart and it used to be filled with, con- uh, fucking religion and, then you know there was an attempt at filling it with communism, and uh, I think it's ultimately supposed to, supposed to go back at some point into something resembling communism um but the the great like tragedy of the twentieth century is we almost had you know this this filling our heart with the right thing, which was uh you know mutual cooperation and all this stuff that would like form us back into a community, but you have capital come along and sell you a different thing to fill it which is a scapegoat which is that you need to attack uh these people that are fucking everything up and when they're gone we'll finally reach the promised land like utopia or whatever like that right and that's clearly bullshit but i think a lot of people don't understand like that that's what is so pervasive about fascism and how it keeps reappearing in like you know plain old liberalism and stuff like that and conservatism and shit like that and like that's uh Central to, I think, what Cronenberg is rejecting, which is the idea that, like, in your movie, there's a person who represents the bad guy and a person who represents the good guy. And that this is a way of, like, yeah. going through understanding humans or whatever. It's fundamentally stupid. And they we're
1: all, yeah, we all have degrees of good and bad within us.
0: Yeah. It's not about, yeah. And it's like, it, the reason it's so common mm-hmm. in movies and stuff like that is because, like, well, this is America. <laughs> we make the movies. Mm-hmm. And we are capitalists. And, like, we... Impose- <laughs> we love black and white. we impose those values on the stories we tell but like uh you know we could be making these fucking freaky cronenberg movies where we're just like those people are weird no
1: we also (laughs) burn books so we don't like to do that
0: (sighs) you know what we have to stop but i had a whole take about how yeah we gotta go
1: no we have more shit people write us emails uh why you mad pod at gmail.com uh oh you just had a show so your next one's like a month from now
0: yeah. yeah, I'm not even going to be there. It's going to be guest-hosted, but... Uh,
1: really? Why, are you out of town?
0: Yeah, I'm on you're tour.
1: On, you're on tour? Oh, shit. Okay. Who's who's guest-hosting?
0: I don't know yet. I'm going to figure that know out soon.
1: Ooh, interesting. Whatever. So tune in for the info on that. I also am starting a show. What month are we in? We're in March. Oh, so I'll tell you about it next month, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be at Baby's All Right in Williamsburg. You'll love it. I'll tell you about it. Follow my Twitter, I guess, for information. Um,
0: that's it. I don't have anything else. I'm on tour with E6. Uh,
1: I bought my tickets today. Oh, my
0: God. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. For me,
1: I'm going with Allison. It's going to be great. <laughs> right
0: here in New York at La Poisson Rouge. Yes. Cool. Um, Yeah, so we're going all over the country. Uh, check out you can google it there's i mean i don't know we're everywhere uh the tickets are the only one that's sold out to my knowledge is Comet ping pong pizza the pizza gate restaurant Sorry. <laughs> um and then yeah my show Meat Space is back i think it's gonna be guest hosted but you should still go hang out it's uh gonna be april 19th yeah and uh pot damn america and all that stuff and please follow me on the internet at feral jokes and sign up for my patreon on pda and our patreon here and give us money because we um are girl bosses and we need to make a lot of money <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we can demolish the sex work industry no <laughs> just kidding just kidding okay kid- everything's uh, jokes <laughs> <laughs> everything is a joke i don't mean anything i say even though i mean everything i say no okay bye
0: bye <laughs>